Thank you, Taylor, praise God, for the songs, praise God for you. Good morning. Did, every, did everybody answer good morning? Man, I'm being very civil here. Good morning. Uh, now we're talking. Do we have any people who feel like sleeping? I will not let you. Thank God we are 
in the church of God on Sunday morning, enjoying the fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with each other all together. Update on Kathy while um, Jim was driving her up there. It um, got a little bit worse with her feeling and her chest. So he stopped by and called 911. So they came to the car and picked her up and took her to the ER. Uh, so far, nothing in the heart, but still the tightness is there, and they're checking if she has any blockage. Am I right? Uh, if she has any blockage. So let's keep praying. And um, as for uh, John and uh, his wife, uh, she has an aggressive bacteria going through her, aggressive. So let's keep praying for them, okay? Now, and let's concentrate on our subject this morning. Let's open our Bibles to the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Today I'm, be, I'm going to be very positive. Two weeks ago when I spoke about Amos, it was really sobering what he found out in Israel. Now, I want to talk about a church that brings joy to your heart. Uh, I want to call it, if, if I may, the forward-moving church, the Church of Thessalonica. Church of Th but before we do that, let's um, read a few verses from the first epistle to the Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, I want to read the whole, the whole chapter. It's 10 verses. Paul and Silvanus, which is Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. This applies to us, constantly bearing in mind your work in, of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. For your gospel did not come to you, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved. We proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of our Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia, not only in Achaia, but also 
in every place your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. Verse 9, for they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead that is Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. God bless his word. Just a short background. The letter was written, this letter by Paul from Corinth after he left there, uh, Thessalonica. During Paul's stay there, when Paul left the church in Thessalonica, it was still young but growing. It's like our church, right? Amen. The account of how this church started is you will find it when you go home and uh, you want to read about it in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 16, it's about the story in Philippi. 17 is Thessalonica. In three weeks there, in three weeks there, Paul preached in, uh, every Saturday in the synagogue. And many of the Greeks and quite a few of the leading women of the city were converted. Because of the persecution to Paul and then to the new believers in Thessalonica, the Jews who did not like what they heard from them and did not want to believe, Paul had to leave to Berea, then to Athens, and then he stayed in Corinth for about two years. So he sent Timothy, who brought back a report that was encouraging about the church, which prompted Paul, that's the story of the, prompted Paul to write this letter. The, let me draw your attention to chapter 3, verses 6 to 8, Chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. He writes, Now that Timothy has come to us from you, the church there, and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, Longing to see us just as we also long to see you. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and afflictions, we were comforted uh, about you through your faith. And he says, now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. Good news from this church. This is, I... I wanted to call it the forward-moving church. And af after hearing what happened and how the congregation of this church worked together after they got saved, maybe, maybe we want to ask ourselves 
my, my too, what kind of a Christian am I? Paul writes, and he says, I want to bring your attention to make it, to make it short. Number one, he tells them that you are so effective in your church ministry. You are so effective. This is a church that is a dynamic church. And by saying that, he, he gives them three things they were so effective about. After he says in verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you, he says, number one, he mentioned their work of faith. Their work of faith. Let us not get confused with the idea that I work so I can gain faith. No, this is not what he's saying at all. This means they showed their faith in Jesus Christ by the work they are doing for him. Is that clear? They showed their faith in Jesus Christ by the work they were doing. They have accepted and let's think about that. And you answer yourself. I'm not going to preach at you today. I want to share this. And then you answer yourself. And you see where we mirror, mirror ourselves individually and collectively. Where we mirror ourselves against this dynamic church of the first century. They have accepted their responsibilities and the dangers that they may face. They were successful in spreading immediately the good news, which was the result of their faith in the Lord. They were fruitful in the Lord. And you, may, you might want to ask me, Adol, how old is this church? How old was this church when they started this great work? When Three Saturdays he spent there preaching the word and they accepted the Lord as Christ, as Jesus, as their Savior. And, and some historians say he stayed maximum three months. Maximum three months. And he left because of the persecution to another challenging place. And in three months, their work of faith has changed, changed the area around them, and further on to other places. In three months only, it's good to mirror ourselves against what they have done. Faith is a daily necessity, dear brothers and sisters. Whether, one is get, whether you're getting married, whether you're taking a job, whether you're struggle, struggling with an illness, and whether you have to overcome a certain difficulties that you face on a daily basis, faith is needed. And faith in our Lord is the cornerstone of our Christian life. They had it. They proved it by their work. They proved it. As one psychiatrist said, I read that and I smiled in my heart. He says this, 
when I learn a patient has no faith in God, I dismiss the case, there is nothing to build on. How's our faith today? Are we fruitful? Is it working? It's not enough to have faith and do nothing. And sit and let others work for us. Oh, we have, we have a pastor. Or we have pastors. We have elders. We have deacons. Everyone, everyone is a member, a working member in the church of God. That's why I will name this church a forward-moving church collectively. Each and every one, we are working for the Lord, all of us, and showing the world that our faith is a genuine faith. Also, he is commending them, and he mentioned the labor of love. The labor of love. This tells me that their service for God is motivated by their love to their Savior and toward each other. That's, and he didn't say your love. There's a word there, labor. Labor is not work only. Labor is hard work. You know, when, when uh, we, we, we read sometimes in the paper, they, they sent him to a labor prison. It's not only a prison to sit all day long and do nothing. It's hard work. He says, your love has proved to be a hard working love for each and every one. It wasn't ordinary efforts only, but labor that goes, what? The second mile. That's the love that affects others. The love that goes the second mile. What did our Savior say? Love your friends. Love those who love you. This is a false gospel. He said, he said love your enemies. Love who hate you. Love who are unloved. Love you, those who you cannot stand. Let's face it. Love those people you cannot stand. And this was, he says, he says, your labor of love. Isn't that a beautiful church? Can we mirror ourselves? No comments here. You just think of that. Christianity, if I may say that, someone wrote, is not a life to be endured for duty's sake but a Christ to be served for love's sake. To be God's dedicated worker is perfect freedom, and love for him makes drudgery divine. Regardless what we get through our love to others, you might get hatred, you might get all kinds of things, but that drudgery or the experience you go to is divine because you are doing what God is willing you to do. Love. 
this kind of love compared to a motivated uh, love by gifts and uh, by profit is a cheap kind of love. But the love of Christ through each and every one can win souls and promote the kingdom of God. Labor of love. They were persecuted, they loved. They were chased out, they loved. And they went through all kinds of problems, they loved. And he says later on, with joy, because of Christ. That's the church of God. That's the reputation of the church of God should be today in our community and everywhere in the world. It's not that's a big church. It's not a church that has thousands. It's not a church that goes and works here and there, which is all good. But a church that affects lives through the love of Christ, that's the church that wins soul for the kingdom. And he mentions something else. The, he says in my um, translation, steadfastness of hope, which is the patience of love, of uh, hope. This tells me that these new believers, three months old, six months old, these new believers were genuinely waiting for the Lord's return. What is the hope of every Christian here? What's the hope? Oh, Lord, save us from what's happening around us. We cannot take it anymore, right? We haven't seen it that bad in our society, in the government, in the world, everywhere. We have not seen it. I have not seen it that bad. And they say, Lord, come. That's our hope. Our hope is to hear the trumpet sound and Lord Jesus to come and take us to be with him. And then we shall be with him forever and ever. This was their hope, he says. This is the unshakable hope that these believers had. And Paul so proudly tells them in chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. I will read it. Chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. He says, for who is our hope? Also, who is our hope? Or joy? Or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you when we see you there? In the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming. Do you have that hope? Do you have that hope? If we are, as we speak now, we hear the trumpet sound. Are you sure that you will be seeing your Savior at the quinkling of an eye? For you are, he says, our glory and joy. And this is why. Heaven is made for us. And when we go there, it's our joy to hear the Lord saying, well done. Enter into the joy of your master. Well done. This was their hope. Don't they speak to us as a church? A young church like this, their work of faith, their labor of love, and their patience to see Jesus come soon.
Another point he, he mentions there, he said, you are, let me read it to you in verse 6, you are imitators or followers of us and the Lord. What made these believers followers of Christ? I believe one thing. It is the simplicity of the gospel. They understood the message. Paul did not talk to them with philosophy. Paul did not come and to teach, to teach them the principles of being a brethren church or a Baptist church or an Episcopalian church. He came, he said, I want to preach to you Jesus Christ and him crucified. Is there anything more simple than that? And this, this is why they responded. This is why we carry with the good news, which is Jesus saved, period. That's all. Is it because his theology was correct? Allow me. These people didn't know anything about theology. Actually, actually they, they didn't hear about the Lord before. Is it philosophy that he warned them with? As someone said, sermons may be theologically correct, but they made no true application to the needs of the hearers. And you know what he said? He added that. I started laughing when he said. He says, these theological preaching, they are clear as crystal, but cold as ice. What lit the fires in their hearts? It's the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in big words and stories from here and there. It's about Jesus Christ. And they came, came and became the followers of this new Lord that they have. They never heard of the Lord, as I said, and probably, and probably, they've never, they've never knew what, what salvation is. What these theologians, what these Thessalonians saw is how Timothy is behaving, how Silas is behaving, how, Lord, how Paul is speaking, and they saw them and said, we want to be imitators of these people. We want to be followers. We want to follow, and these are good people. They touched our lives. They led us to Christ. And they looked at them, the three of them, as their examples and said, we want to be like them. We want to imitate them. One word. When people look at us, will they say, I want to imitate Adel? I want to imitate Sandy? I want to imitate Milton? I want to be a follower of their Christ? It's positive, yet it speaks to our heart. Are we impacting others' lives? 
You know what? These people tells me they practiced their Christianity and put their faith, their faith to work. They counted the cost and they considered all their afflictions and sufferings worth far more to them than the spiritual blindness they were in and the worldly prosperity. They received the message and touched other lives. <coughs> you know what Paul says about them? I read verses 8, 9, and 10. Put it up there, please, Ed. The word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also every place your faith toward God has gone forth. Are we imitating our Savior? Are we following, are we really followers of Jesus Christ? So wherever we go, they say, Why? I saw Jesus today. An incident occurred when a man was working in a shoe store in Nova Scotia. The man said that he noticed a barefoot little boy outside the baker's shop next door to the shoe store. The boy was trying to keep warm by standing on a hot air register outside the bakery. Was shivering, cold, and lonely. The man watching was uncertain about what to do about that little boy who was standing there. But a middle-aged lady approached the boy and came to him. She spoke to that child and then brought him into the shoe store where she purchased shoes and socks for him. The child asked the lady, and this is what I want to emphasize on, are you God's wife? Are we imitators? Are you God's wife? A little child, shivering from the cold. She replied, no, son. I'm just one of his followers. Well, he said, that little boy, I knew you must be related to him then. I want you to come to these conclusions. I don't want to preach at you today. He thanked her and left. That unknown lady was a Christian worker for the cause of Christ. And the little boy and the man watching were able to recognize some Christ-like qualities in her. They were stunned, and they didn't know what to do. Let me ask you a question. What kind of Christian are you? One more point. If we have to bring all the points 
that first and second Thessalonians, it will take us four or five months the way we study the Bible. It'll take us maybe six months, right? But this is one more point. They became a role model. Verse 7, so that you became, he tells them, it's not from me, it's from the Bible. Study it well and go and it will uplift you. So the word of the Lord says that they, you became example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia, Greece. You became an example. So great was the change in their lives that others soon noticed it. So that you became an example. The gospel message and their changed lives rang out throughout the region. They lived Christ. What did Paul say? In Philippians, what did Paul say? For me to live, repeat that. For me to live is Christ. They lived Christ. They followed Christ. They showed Christ. Regardless. And this was, this was a true story. This happened. And I'm sure it's going to happen more and it's happening. And it will happen with us when we are exercised by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? He mentioned something about them. He said, instead of telling others what happened in Thessalonica, others are coming to me and telling me what is happening by the Thessalonica church. Church. Do you want to be a moving forward church? A life that shines. A life that one day when we stand before the Lord, he says, well done. This is what it's all about. To live our Christianity and to affect others. Men at work, women who work at work, and women at home. There are so many women today working, but they can be a light. They can be the message of Jesus Christ anywhere they go. And men, let us not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation. Let's not be ashamed that we belong to Christ. Like this boy, it has, are you related to him? I have not seen it before. I read a story about a wife who almost did this. And a young man, it says, I'll end with this, finally came to Christ and was baptized after years of indifference. Many talked to him about the Lord, but were not able to sway him at all. It is not known what finally moved him. I leave it to you. But for years, his faithful wife, listen to me, 
went to every service of the church. You read all and you will find that they were there in every service and they honored God. Sunday morning and evening, Bible study on Wednesday night. Sometimes he went with her. Sometimes he was working or out of town. But she went, nevertheless. They had one, then two, and finally three children. She went on with her children, rain or shine. On one instance, it was raining so hard that one could hardly see. The wind was blowing, and this good Christian mother drove up, got out of her car, and carried one baby into the church building, and then started back to another to bring him to the building, one, one by one, when a man came forward to help her out on that last trip. It was her husband who was baptized. And we all probably know the sermon that converted him. She became a role model. That you became an example. Are we such examples? May the Lord awaken our hearts. As I said, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm repeating in my words what this church has done and how they thrived and succeeded in winning people, winning souls to the Lord. If you're not saved, take the Lord Jesus as Savior and join us all together so we can go out and preach the gospel and witness with our lives and be examples. May God revive our hearts and spirits to, con to continue this journey altogether. It takes each one of us. It's not the pastor. It's not the elders. Each one has a place in the church of God to thrive. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, Give me the zeal that these Thessalonians had and energize me like you have energized your church in the first century. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, may you work with us and help us to be vessels empty that you can fill us with the Holy Spirit. Help us to win souls. Help us to live a life worthy of our calling. Help us to obey you. Help us to listen to your voice. Help us to know that we are just strangers in this land. And help us to know very well that as we transit here, our hope is not anywhere here. Our hope is to spend eternity with you. Bless each and every one, and again, Lord, we present to you those who are ill, 
those who are at the hospital at this very moment, and those who couldn't come for any reason, that you be with them, and we look forward to hear good news about them. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. Please, go home and read Thessalonians. Then uh, you will know more. And there's many things. Hopefully, we can one day study Thessalonians all together at church. God bless you and be with you. See you tomorrow night.